Welcome to Epileptic Rants. My name's Lucas. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. All I'm going to do is get on here and rant. Well, how is everyone doing today? I hope you consider yourself blessed. I know I do. I was able to wake up and put my knees on the ground and thank the Lord for life. Every day I can do that, I consider a blessed day. Well, I have an important trip to take today. I have to go to the grocery store. And, for a person who has no transportation, a trip to the grocery store is a very important trip. It has to be taken very seriously. I need to make a list. I need to check it twice. I need to make sure that I get everything that I'm going to need. Because the ride to the grocery store, it isn't hard to get. It just becomes such a hassle, I feel, on the person that I'm asking for a ride. So if I don't have a list... I get up there and I I get nervous about someone waiting in the car for me and I rush through and I just buy just a few staple items and I hurry back to the car and I realize that I've forgotten two or three important items that I really wanted. That's without a list. Now today I'm going to be making a list because This is a trip I don't want to make but twice this month. When I had a roommate, he had a car. And he was always going. So I could always just get in the car with him. Take a ride up to Walmart. Get what I needed. Now that I'm living alone, Walmart's not that far. I could walk down there. But then I would have to carry everything back. So I wouldn't be able to make a big purchase. I would only be able to buy just a few small things that I would be able to carry the probably half a mile it is to Walmart from where I live. I just don't like the idea of walking by that busy highway. It's just the epilepsy that scares me. So I'm going to try to take advantage of this ride and get at least two weeks worth of food, toiletries and cat food and things like that, things that I need, staples, so I won't have to go back for another two weeks. One thing I miss is freezer space. When I lived at my other apartment, my roommate had a deep freezer, so we had a lot of freezer space. Where I'm at now, all I have is the freezer that's included with my refrigerator but I feel I'll be able to store two weeks worth of meat in there I've got to make that list though that list is going to be a very important part of this trip because I'm a very impulsive buyer I tend to buy impulse items I am the customer that Walmart loves and if I don't make a list then I definitely won't get the things that I definitely need. 
so this is going to be a big part of the trip. After I get through doing my podcast, I'm going to sit down and make my list. Oh, the struggles of not having a car, not having a driver's license, having to depend on someone else. I used to let it depress me, really get me down, but now I realize it's just a hand that I've been dealt. And if I can wake up every morning, then I've been blessed that day. And I'm blessed just to have a ride to the store. I could be having to walk and having to carry or trying to carry two weeks worth of groceries back to my apartment. I am blessed. That's the way I have to look at my situation. Because there are people in my same situation with a lot less advantages than I have. So I have to really appreciate the advantages that I have and not focus on the negatives. Boy, that turned into a rant. I don't call this epileptic rants for nothing. Let's see if we can find some of that good news to brighten up our day. I guarantee you there's a good news story out there somewhere. Let's see if we can find one. Here's a good story. Happiness is like art, often subjective, but unlike art, happiness isn't something you'd expect to find hanging in a museum, or at least it wasn't until an entire museum devoted to happiness opened in Copenhagen this last July. The Happiness Research Institute, yes, there really is such a thing, is the driving force behind the new project. According to their mission statement, the independent think tank's goal in exploring why some societies are happier than others is to inform decision makers of the causes and effects of human happiness, make subjective well-being part of the public policy debate, and improve the overall quality of life for citizens across the world. I think people imagine that the Institute is like a magical place, CEO Miak Wyking joked in an interview with CNN. A room full of puppies or ice cream, but we're just eight people sitting in front of computers looking at data. After receiving numerous public requests to visit their less than magical offices, the happiness crew was struck by a notion. If people wanted a place where they could gain a better understanding of what makes human happiness tick, why not give them one? We thought, why don't we create a place where people can experience happiness from different perspectives and give them an exhibition where they can become a little bit wiser around some of the questions we try to solve, Y. King explained. On July 14, 2020, with strict COVID-19 protocols in place, the 2,585-square-foot museum made its debut. With a current maximum capacity of 50, visitors are invited to explore happiness from a global perspective that includes historical insights on how the concept of happiness has evolved over the ages and the ways in which varying regional cultures define the term. The museum houses a vast collection of donated artifacts 
that represent happiness to people from around the globe. We might be Danish or Mexican or American or Chinese, but we are first and foremost people, Waikin told CNN. It's the same things that drive happiness no matter where we're from, and I hope that people will see that in the exhibition. It's safe to say that Y. King, who wrote international bestseller The Little Book of Hygie, knows more than a thing or two about happiness, and he has some hopeful words for all of us in the pandemic. When we follow people over time, he noted, we can see that they are remarkable at overcoming the challenges that happen to them. Of course, it's necessary to be optimistic in my profession, but I think we can overcome these times as well. Wow, isn't that just an amazing story? A museum dedicated to happiness. The first thing I think of is Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. That seems to be about the happiest place in the world. But the pictures don't look like that. I guess it's just a scientific study group where they sit around and study statistics about happiness in different places around the globe and what brings people happiness according to where they live and how they live. I don't know. I just like the idea of people studying happiness. Let's see what else we can find. Here's a story. All newborn babies are fragile but none more so than those whose first days are spent in neonatal intensive care. When the Category 4 Hurricane Laura threatened the city of Lake Charles in Louisiana, a mandatory evacuation was ordered, but for 19 of its newest residents, leaving was pretty much impossible. Staff members at Lake Charles Memorial Hospital were adamant. If the babies couldn't be evacuated safely, they'd remain behind with them until the danger passed. With wind gusts up to 135 miles per hour hammering the town, neonatologist Dr. Juan Bassano, along with a team of 14 nurses, two neonatal nurse practitioners, and three respiratory therapists stayed behind in the NICU caring for their tiny charges in shifts as the storm raged through the night. Earlier in the day, the babies had been ferried from the single-story Lake Charles Memorial Hospital for Women to the hospital's sturdier, 10-floor main building. Some of the infants were on respirators, or ventilators. Some were born premature, as early as 23 weeks. Matt Felder, Director of Communications for Lake Charles Memorial Health System, told CNN, we transferred 19 NICU babies from that facility to our main campus in record time. 19 babies across the city in under two hours. Doctors, hospital residents, members of the sheriff's department, and a host of others all pitched in to make sure the babies and everything necessary for their care, including respirators and incubators, safely made the trip. By the time the worst of the storm hit, the staff and the babies were hunkered down in the hallways 
as far away from the howling winds and whipping rain as they could get. It's important to know the dedication of all the nurses and the respiratory therapists to keep taking care of the babies when they don't even know the condition of their homes, Dr. Bassano told CNN. In a small town like this, people have to pull together. I'm proud of them. During the night, the air conditioning was knocked out and the hospital lost water service. Throughout the ordeal, Dr. Bassano kept anxious parents and relatives updated via frequent posts to his Facebook page. With the storm over and all of the little patients faring well, the babies were set to be transferred to other area NICUs where vital services hadn't been interrupted by the hurricane. This morning, because the babies were stable, I got a couple of hours of sleep. We are still in the hospital, Bassano said. The old lullaby warns, when the wind blows, the cradles will rock. But, for the heroic staffers at this hospital, letting them fall simply wasn't an option. Well, isn't that just a great story? Doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, putting themselves in harm's way just for the sake of these little babies who couldn't protect themselves. May the Lord bless them all. Well, that's my rant for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed putting it together. During the middle of it, I ended up taking a trip to the grocery store. That's why it's coming out late. Just know, as long as I'm feeling well, I'll always try to put out some good news every day. I thank you for tuning in, and may the Lord bless you.